0: Welcome everyone and thanks for joining us for episode 145 of Tattoo Collecting 101 right here on Guy Atchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Network. The community for tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and all those curious about the world of tattooing. We encourage everyone to join these live streams and real world events as we aim to educate and inspire one another to create better artwork, tattoos, and to leave the community a better place in how we found it. We stream out most days of the week, so be sure to check out the full schedule of events that we have going on as well as our professional development courses from over 20 world-class tattoo artists at reinventingthetattoo.com. You can find all these shows on our Roku channel, as well as your favorite podcast platforms. So search for Reinventing the Tattoo on both of those and you'll find us there. Real quick, we just wanna say thank you to the sponsors who make it all possible. So thank you to World Tattoo Events, which has the largest, most comprehensive list of tattoo conventions going on in the world right now. Tattoo Now, technology for tattooers. They're the leading edge in professional development, management, and digital tools for tattooers of all levels, as well as our affiliates of the Fireside Tattoo Network and the Apprenticeship Diaries. And lastly, we want to say thank you to Guy Atchison, who makes it all possible. He's the founder and inspiration behind the Reinventing the Tattoo community. You can go to guyatchison.com to get your copy of the Biomech Encyclopedia, instructional DVDs, original oil paintings, and custom coil machines. And if you're enjoying the knowledge we're sharing out, be sure to share it with a friend and watch another video. And this week, it's a little different.
1: We got there Fawn we on are. the road. Yep, just me and Kyle today. So we're gonna put Kyle on the spot, but we'll wait till later.
2: Nice. Um, sorry, I just got a distracting message from our coworker Maddie. Hey, uh, not really that anything distracting about the message, but my phone's going off. So, um. This week, we kind of have a fun topic to poke fun about a little bit, just because it's been coming up a lot on the uh, the old in- Instagram reels and the TikToks, um, and then on uh, Tattoo Collecting Weekly, um, I kind of like threw out there that we'd spent today talking about fine line tattoos and, you know, all of the yays or nays about them. You know, we can look at it from a few different sides of the, the uh the coin, I guess. And the pros and cons of you it. Know. Yeah, pros and cons, you know. Uh, but uh, but there are a lot of uh, like Instagram reels that are popping up that are kind of like making fun of fine line tattoos because like the argument is like fine line versus bold will hold, you know. If, what are what are first of all, should we like When it comes to the topic of fine line tattoos, there's even like schools that are popping up to teach people how to specifically do fine line tattooing. And there are a lot of people Uh that consider like fine line tattooing and like tiny micro tattoos, a whole new genre of tattooing, where in reality, there are, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people that might say that it's kind of a, a cop out and it's just like quick little etches rather than actual intended to be permanent artwork what are your thoughts
0: um uh, as someone who's like recently you know learned about tattooing in the process of that um I thought they were really cool at first to see like these cool little pictures and then as like I learned more it's like okay that will that will just like fade and like expand and not necessarily build up the same over time so while they are cool to look at and like the here and now you know the long term they're not gonna necessarily be as attractive as you're looking to have them
2: be uh do me a favor and pull up a uh, just screen share like google search fine line tattoos and then just share the images that pop up just to give like an idea of like you know if you follow my work at all you know that i work very large i work very like bold colors very very saturated um one of the things about my work is it's like definitely intended to stand the test of time I expect my work to age and change as my client wears it and that's kind of one of those things that I take in mind as I'm doing the tattoo and I think one of the things with some of these fine line tattoos like look at this one that's got like half the face of David there and the butterfly like that's a lot of like dainty little little tattoos
0: are you talking about this one up here
2: yep Yep, that's the one. Yeah. It's a lot of dainty little tattoos, but what are those going to look like in 10 years? You know, how consistent will all those little dots be? How nice will all those soft grays actually look without the the size to back them up? You know, that you atlas want to look is at so like little lines, down
0: there. Even if you want to look at like, just like the line part of it, you know, like the spacing, how is that going to hold up too as it like slowly expands? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I sent, I actually sent some different, uh, like healed pictures that I found off of the old Googles, um, what some of these tattoos look like when they're freshly done and then what they look like two and a half and three years later. Like if we look at the one right next to this, if you go back, go back up, if you look at the one right next to this, this one, that's going to look like pencil lines in two years. I mean, if that's what you're going for, that's awesome. But like, it's not going to stay this crisp, black, wispy little, you know, like, I guess in my opinion, that's why for the most part, we got away from using like single needles to begin with, because it doesn't, it doesn't hold.
1: But then you see people that have whole sleeves of work like this. i you want me to pull up the, um, the article with the
0: healed ones as well?
2: Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I think that had like 10 different examples. They're not all fine line tattoos, but they're definitely, um, there's a few different styles of tattoos, but they do a good job of showing you what they're going to look like when you like put them up against the test of time. Like this, this tattoo fresh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just like a little too dainty and delicate. So like, If I were to do something like this, I would know that it was going to heal to these softer lines. And those, like, softer, very thin little contour lines that are in the brush tattoo, they're just not going to heal there. And when you see, this is only a year healed. So imagine what this is going to look like in five years. You know? That's a good example of how, like, the stipples settle, like the little dot work Mm -hmm. that you see in tattoos. This is actually a pretty good example of what these look like. I'd say, I mean, this is perfect, perfectly reasonable heel. It's on an ankle, it looks like. But again, you see how much it changes. Like, it's just the reality. Like, some of the ink travels a little bit. If you do a super fine dot, that dot is going to expand and be less dark, a little bit fuzzy but that's one of those, like, that's just the reality. We're like, when we look at a healed tattoo, we're not looking at like a drawing on a piece of paper. You know, you're looking into the skin as if it's a lens. And then as you look into the skin, that skin has healed and, you know, those particles of ink have traveled just a little bit and every time we shed more skin cells we grow more skin cells so that ink is going to travel just a tiny bit more this I think is a wonderful example like those Mm -hmm. are you know there's stippled lines and there's little lines in there but you can see how those bold like thick lines that were put in with like intention and like black black two and a half years later this looks the same this probably looks the same as it did like five days after it was done It's just like a good example after the last couple we looked at. Like when you hear bold will hold, even though this is still a delicate tattoo, it's like the bolder lines hold. This is like half a sunburn away from being faded and gone. I do not know. Look at how light that sword is. You've got a little bit of black in it.
0: But I feel like like you, like you could make this real, work like, as well if you like purposely design it to heal over time, you know what I mean? Like you would have mm-hmm. to probably expand it a bit and like make those like thin lines probably like, you know, triple the size, but I feel like you would still get the, yeah. a similar effect.
2: Like if the lines around the blade were just a little bit bolder or I don't know. Like I said, like. On starting this discussion, my personal preference is bold lines. I like tattoos that can be seen from across a football field. I feel like if you're going to go through the pain of getting a tattoo, you might as well like have a tattoo that's worth showing off and can be seen. But this, that's my personal preference. Like one of the things that I like to keep in mind is like, sometimes people aren't ready to commit to real big stuff and they kind of have to dip their toes in the water. So these little fine line tattoos, that's kind of what that is. And sometimes you can, you know, you'll you'll grow into the bigger work. I thought this was a good example when I was looking through uh, references to talk about today. This actually has two things I would love to talk about because it's got some opaque grays in it as well as just straight line work. Mm-hmm. But you can see how like as delicate as all those little lines and all of the hair are, once they healed out, they kind of healed together and it almost looks like an etching style of shading. It's one of those things that like with consideration an artist can really use to their advantage. You know, this face still looks pretty much the same, but lose some details in the lips and the eyes. But one of the things like with the opaque gray And this just has that little bit there by the chin and neck and then a little bit up at the top, but like I just don't know if that is holding out as well as like actual gray wash would. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like when you tattoo with a whole bunch of white or a whole bunch of pastel, those colors really change a lot over time if you don't have that like complement right next to them to back it up. And I feel like we just like weirdly start to lose some of that like softness. It just kind of looks discolored. Yeah. And I that's see not, I'm not criticizing how it was done. It's just just an observation. This is just my own personal observation and how some of those opaque grays heal. And I just don't know if that's always the intention, is to have it change and shift that much.
1: But
2: We keep our solid, like you see the solid, uh, like hard outlines pretty well still, but some of those soft, delicate lines in the middle of the jellyfish get totally lost. And for me, like when we talk about fine line stuff, it just seems like, well, that was kind of a waste of pain to even put those lines in. If they're not going to stand the test of time, you know what I mean? Like a waste of the pain to get that line put in and then a waste of pain while it's healing. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, starting this out, like there's just a a trend right now on, on Instagram where everybody's kind of poking fun at these fine line tattoos. If they're your jam, that's awesome. Just keep in mind that this is the reality of how they heal. You know, I actually love this one because the flame healed so softly once it settled. Like the lighter is still pretty crisp. You lose some of the stipples in the heart, but that flame is pretty cool. Like, I don't know if the artist intended for it to fade that much. I don't know if they intended for us to lose some of the detail in like the, you know, right by the striker. But it still looks good. It's delicate. It's dainty. But there was a lot of detail that's just gone after it healed up. These are the things that we talk about when we say that the fine line won't hold. It's just they went through the pain to get those lines put in. And now but it's almost five years healed, you can't even see those details at all. So, like, it's not discouraging how well it w- was even put in. Like this original tattoo looks wonderful. Like, mm-hmm. I can't. That's just the nature of about the it. design. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a nature of the size of the design is what it is. The design itself is fine, but if you gotcha. would have made it like. Maybe not even twice as big, but just put bolder lines on it or use like, you know, a, a larger needle configuration to stipple in those little dots and stuff in the heart. Those little mm-hmm. textures or, you know, use just a little bit bolder of a line. To uh, like put all those details in, like the metal part right around the flame. I don't know what that little collar is called. Collar? I don't know. but Chamber? Yeah, I don't know that little guard, the yeah. little "Don't burn yourself" guard. But this is a wonderful tattoo. It's just this is this is actually a perfect example of this tattoo healed perfect, and it's aging exactly the way a tattoo is going to age. But even with it being still good, it's now different as time has passed. And I don't know. I think that's one of those things that can be considered when a tattoo is being designed is how is it going to age and settle in? But I think with a lot of these fine line tattoos, that's not really the concern Good at all. Yeah. What do we got next? Eyes, Kyle, what do you think about these eyes after they've aged for five years? Talk to me about your thoughts.
1: They look blurry. It's kind of like hard <laughs> to pick everything out, you know?
2: You're kind of, they definitely like the lines and the eyebrows spread. Now you've mm-hmm. got just like softer eyebrows that doesn't necessarily look bad, but
0: I think like around the like the eyelashes, eyelashes on like, the left one. Yeah. Where it all just kind of like blends into like a big black mass.
2: Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, that's exactly it. It just kind of blurs into a black mass. It's not bad, but no, like,
0: like it's effective. It looks like a, almost like a comic book style now, like transformed. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. you know, that's actually a really good way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Yep, it does. And this is a good example of like, when we say bold will hold, like that's the thing that gets repeated all the time, because like, if you want it to look graphic, if you want those lines to like stay crispy and stay dark and stay dominant, then you just have to make a big, solid, confident line. And Mm -hmm. You know, you can tell in like those lines, like in the under eyelid, you can tell where like, oh, there might have been like when I say confidence, there might have been like a lack of confidence as those lines were made or because you can see how, you know, they're in in the original photo, they look pretty consistent. But once they have healed and that ink has traveled a little bit, you can see the inconsistencies. You can see like you can tell where certain lines were gone over a couple of times because they aged a little different but it's still a really good tattoo. The highlights are good. I mean.
0: Yeah. All the information is still there.
2: Yeah. This is just what time does to tattoos. And this is why, you know, like when I say, when I do my big colorful stuff, I like to just slam complementary colors next to one another because they kind of like hold each other in place. And like, as one ages, the other ages also, but they keep that, that complementary relationship with one another. So things still pop. Um, You know, I feel like color tattoos, yes, yes, full color tattoos, age and change and realism tattoos, age and change. But sometimes I just feel like when you've got more than just the line work, you can kind of control a little bit more what's going to happen. And, you know, like I said, with aging in mind, you can actually like, I think push a tattoo in a direction that it becomes more interesting as it ages. Does that Mm -hmm. make any sense, Kyle?
0: Yeah. Like kind of like you like plan it to be a certain way down the line. And so you just kind of slowly like watch it like morph together for like what the Mm -hmm. intention was.
2: Yeah. That's something that's pretty cool that I learned from getting tattooed. It wasn't something that I learned from another tattooer telling me this. It wasn't something that I learned from like, Anything, another tattooer or anything like that could have shown me, but once Adam started working on my leg and we got like the the first layer on the whole leg, but everything was just kind of like roughed in, it was like outlined and there was just a little bit of shading here and there. As so I could watch those layers progress from one area to the next. And then I could watch like how Adam put the colors in and how he would work with like the mag marks and like the crisscross hatchwork and the things that like the the patterns that just magically yeah. appear from the the way we tattoo like watching how my skin healed was cool but then watching how it continued healing and how it like the ink continued like almost like Like, have you ever like done a watercolor painting where you put down one color and then you just barely touch it with another and it's like this bright, vibrant, like juxtaposition of two colors. And then you come back and you look at it like six hours later and it's almost dry and those colors have slowly morphed together and become new colors in between. The Mm -hmm. cool thing is, is I got to see that happen, like on a microscopic level on my leg, where like one color, he would have applied one color in one direction. and the next session, he would have brought another color in. And then over the next like six months or year, I could see how those colors worked with each other. And as they healed, they would become these new, smooth, beautiful colors in between. So it was kind of like it wasn't really like a single aha moment but it was one of those like i slowly became able to understand what my ink was going to do over time like if i fully saturated and then washed into another color and then brought that other color back how are those colors going to marry into one another and how are those line works and textures going to heal um it's one of those things where like now with color tattoos, it's almost innate. Like I know I need a hard boundary, whether it's with a hard line or whether it's with a hard like complementary color and it's still going to shift. But now I feel like I have a little bit more control of how it might shift. You know, there's always like unplanned variables, but like you can. It's almost like planning ahead for how the the ink is going to migrate into the skin, and you work with it instead of making it be a problem or a hindrance. It's actually like an interesting natural part of how the tattoo is going to be. Mm-hmm. I thought this was cool. This is a great example of how the tattoo healed. In the first photo, it's super dark. It looks like you can still see, like, some of the stencil even through there. And in the second photo, it's, like, this delicate, almost like a pencil sketch or, like, a fine copper litho. Like, it's healed great. It's still crisp. It's a little bit lighter. But I love the way they brought in the traditional dots all through and behind the stars Mm -hmm. and dots and kind of just tucked it in with the other uh, traditional work. I, I just thought it made this little guy look like a daydream amidst like dark, bold line work. So that, I don't know, that's a cool example. They could have re-outlined this and made it just as bold as everything else, but I think it looks really cool that it's just kind of softer.
1: Yeah.
0: Faint, off, the, off in the distance a little.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like any criticisms I have, there's always a time and a place for a tiny dainty tattoo, but it's just like, if you want dainty tattoos, you have to be prepared for that dainty tattoo to only be around or exist the way that it exists for a few years. And then it's going to be a much lighter version or something you're going to just cover with a bigger, like more, I don't want to say more serious, but like a bigger yeah, like a bigger, more serious tattoo—something that takes up more, more committed real estate.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Like I said, you, you go from like dipping your toes into the water to like jumping right in. Some people just take a cannonball and jump, jump in. You know, you you jumped in pretty quick and just started getting big tattoos. My first, yeah, my third tattoo was smaller. starting my sleeve. Now look at you,
0: slightly more Turn it into
2: the bio boy. Do what?
0: Slightly more covered.
2: <laughs> yep, yep, you're getting there. You've yeah. got an amazing collection going so far. Is this the last one? Are there more?
0: That is the last one.
1: What do you think, Kyle? Have you learned anything from watching the way that your tattoos appealed yet? Um, In regards
0: Any to that, not, not specifically. Um, I mean, like, I have like a couple on myself that I've like seen and watched progress. And it's more so like watching, like, I guess, like the unsteadiness of the line work kind of start to pull through and mm-hmm. show itself in that way. That's like more so like the change that I've seen with mine.
2: Cool. I actually yeah. meant with the tattoos that you wear, not the oh, ones that you're Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I meant like your, your actual tattoos because you had. Dave Barton, mm-hmm. you've had Jordan. You've had Guy. Who else has worked on you?
0: Um There was um another tattooer named Esteban who did like one of my tattoos back in California there. So, but mm-hmm. those are the four people that have worked on me.
2: prominently.. Um, yeah. Isn't it crazy, like how each artist has a different process? The way, Mm -hmm. I mean, they're all working in bio, but like different needle choices, different color choices, different, like they all layer, but they layer so differently from one Mm -hmm. another. Have you started to see like the differences in how one tattooer's work settles in versus the other?
0: Um, A little bit, not necessarily too much though.
1: Put me on the spot.
2: I know. know We were going to talk about this.
0: um, I'm still learning, you know.
2: It's okay. Yeah. How many years ago did you start your sleep?
1: Five, six. Okay.
2: Still a baby in the tatty game, but now you're like your arm, your riblets, majority of your leg. I'm getting there game it's a lot of work yeah already do you want to jump into oh you know what we should show that john Nelson video did we show it yet we did not let me pull it up we were going to show that first and then we got distracted slightly out of order but that's okay well our rhythm's off because we don't have ben cackling at both of us true he
0: keeps us in line
2: jabbing me in the ribs Roasting you all day.
1: Look guys,
2: it's a tattoo
0: shop. What's up man? Looking to get a tattoo. Well you're in luck. We have a few left. That's sick dude, that's sick. We want fine line tattoos. And we want you to keep your voice down. That's on me. We want fine line tattoos. Oh, okay, I just don't do that. I do permanent tattoos.
2: Yeah, we want permanent ones. So it means in 10 years, it'll still be there Huh. Yeah, you did So bold lines No, yeah, like fine line that'll
1: still be there in 10 years.
0: Oh, like something that doesn't exist Do we want something that doesn't exist? Nah, just regular ones. I'm not fucking doing fine lines no, nah, that's cool, dog.
1: Do you guys have like an artist that specializes in that? Yeah, he's actually right over there. I'll be there in a second. Perfect. Pretty great.
2: That's what it'd be like. That's what it'd be like. Do you do you do you want? What? How about you just get like a grown-up tattoo? That's what I want to say.
0: A grown-up tattoo. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Like, yeah. Like if you're okay, like think about it like this. If you're going to go to the trouble of tracking down my webpage and filling out my form, that's step one. Then you Mm got to wait a couple months for me to have consultation days. That's step two. Consultation day, we got to have like deposit, talk ideas, schedule our actual tattoo. And then wait a couple more months. after all that waiting after all that planning after all of that like sacrificing of your real estate for whatever you want tattooed like don't you want to get something like bolder and worth looking at and not that these little dainty tattoos aren't worth looking at but like after all of that don't you want something more to show for it I guess that's what maybe it it's, like it's not a like a
0: difference in like education level I guess about tattoos because like I had the same mentality when I started getting tattoos where it's like, I wanted to start smaller and then get larger. However, my definition of smaller was like all of my arm up here and then larger into a sleeve. So I think for some people it's like, start with like the dainty fine line, move into like a regular tattoo. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: That's right different motivations different styles of collecting yeah. you know there was a time there's so to be the the opposite there is a uh, an artist recently that i found i don't know if i bounced him to the instagram or not um but he does what he calls uh etching tattoos where they actually look like um like plate printed like etchings like uh mm-hmm. like illustrations like old school illustrations yeah and i wouldn't consider that in the fine line category because he's actually like using bold lines like real lines like he's cross-hatching and he's doing the things so i'm not just like knocking on uh... i didn't send it to our instagram it must be in another location but not, I I don't wanna I don't want knock just fine line stuff. I there is a time and a place for it, I guess, yeah. you know. I just feel like getting a proficient tattooer to take you seriously when you want a fine line tattoo, that's gonna be the challenge because it like, it really just kind of clogs our schedule up more than anything. Like if you go into a walk-in shop, they might be able to do these little dainty tattoos, but then, you know, if it's not somebody that specializes in those dainty, delicate tattoos, what's it going to look like in five years? What's it going to look like in 10 years? You know, there are artists who specialize in delicate, dainty, itty bitty little like fine line, fine black and gray, like, but they're kind of specialized and it's not a, it's not an everyday thing. And to like, I don't know. I think it's just holding awful high expectations for something so little and dainty and clogging up the schedules of artists when like for all of the same effort, the same amount of money, you could get something bold that you're actually going to have forever. I guess Mm -hmm. that's my candid opinion. It's like, yeah, you do all the, the waiting and do all the things and wait your turn and pay the deposit and jump through the hoops. But like, after all of that, don't you want something worth showing off? Not that like a little like half sun in little gray pencil lines isn't worth showing off, but like we could do that and something get, bold get a and worth both half of our sun. time.
0: Huh? Get a cooler half sun. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's what I'm saying. Get a cooler half sun. Or like I said, we could do something cool and the half sun. I am totally down to do something like rad and then like a couple little cool ideas also. But it's just, it's really hard to schedule something that's going to take eight minutes when, you know, there's kind of the process of like waiting your turn and then discussing mm-hmm. ideas. And then from there, waiting for the actual appointment or rolling the dice at, with a walk-in. Which you might get somebody excellent, but you might also get somebody that would, you yeah. know,
1: not as excellent. take your money.
2: You know, some tattooers take your money.
1: Yeah.
2: You know. But. So what's Kyle been working on? What's Kyle been up to? We've kind of like announced that you've officially started your apprenticeship. Um, but we haven't really uh, gotten to pick your brain or see what what uh derbs had you up to.
0: Um, I've been drawing and doing exercises every day for the past couple of months.
2: So, to be fair though, you've really been keeping up with like the exercises and curriculum style learning for a while now, going through the reinventing stuff with Guy and mm-hmm.
1: uh
2: following along with all of those exercises. So, you're you've As long as I've known you, you've been very diligent with like leveling up your art skills and actually like following through with all of these projects. So it's pretty exciting to see what you've got going on.
0: Yeah, I got a little video here. This is like all of the stuff that I've done in the first two months here.
1: I like laid it all out on the table to like see it all. Look at those pages on pages on pages already, Kyle. Putting in the work.
2: Yes, sir. You sure are. Isn't it crazy how um doing these like repetitive exercises like at first it doesn't they seem pointless it seems pointless but once you start getting that like repetitive motion then your hand just starts doing some of these things that like a graceful line that was a challenge a few months ago was now just without even thinking about it you can make that shape you know I said the same thing
0: about um when I started tracing traditional flash I thought I would have like str- I thought I would struggle more with like trying to like push through it and understand it but it like immediately clicked Like I did like a page of each Mm -hmm. and I was like, cool. I understand why I'm doing this. I get it.
2: Yeah. It's all about like just training your hand on how to move.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: It's just like an athlete when an athlete practices the same drill over and over again for whatever, whatever sport it is. We could talk about hurdles. We could talk about catching drills and baseball. We could talk about, you know, different ways to throw or catch in football, all the things like the more the more you practice any one thing any one minute mechanical thing of the task the more you do that the more your brain goes from like thinking real hard about this to like it just knows what to do instinctively and that's the cool thing so like when you look like for instance next time you look at an elephant you're probably not gonna like the 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 things that you draw are going to just like, come more natural to you because you've drawn these shapes a few times. You've drawn these forms a few times. You've kind of like understood how the weight was distributed a few times. So Hmm. like each mark becomes more fluid the next time you do something similar. It's like doing these little spalding shapes that you've got behind this guy. Those even probably changed from one to the next as you were figuring out how to make those, like, colliding circles to make the star.
0: A little bit, yeah. I, like, I was going to put some on the bottom, too, and, like, forgot it first, so I, like, try to, like, double up a bit on the top to even it out a little.
2: It looks super good. But
0: I did. I, I oh. remember the, the things that you were saying about trying to, like, achieve those and leaving some space open for them. Mm-hmm.
2: I like the little flames underneath this guy's feet too. Like, even Mm -hmm. though they're not traditional hard lined flames, it's really cool that you took the time to draw those other flames before you did this because now they look so much more like graceful and flowy. And it's another, I will say the intention is for those three
0: color lines. It'll be color? Yeah, color lines for the fire. That's like the initial intention with it.
2: But just the shape of them, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the shape of them is just, you know, like the other flames that you've already practiced, you know, you go thick to thin and the lines are all very graceful, even though they're like shorter, stubbier flames. Now you start seeing like the the visual rules that you kind of have to follow to make it like make sense and look like good. You know what yeah. I mean? Like. You can make any shape and make it look like a squiggly flame, but actually make a flame that looks like it could be, you know, pushing energy to elevate this thing. It it starts to really like, I don't know, the more you do it, the easier it is to make it make sense. Yeah. That's what it is. Got the
0: sky as well. A little dragon.
2: More flames. More flames.
1: He looks awesome. This guy would be great wrapped around an elbow or a knee. Mm-hmm. Those dragon balls around him? Is that what I see there?
0: Um, they were like little like orbs of fire that I kind of just copy and pasted to add to the design a little.
1: And then I'll share
0: this one. This is like the most recent thing that Derb's been having me do is roses.
2: Thanks. Nice. Are you using watercolor?
0: Uh,
1: color pencil. Nice.
2: These are wonderful. Thank you. I can see how you're still experimenting with like the way you're going to draw your roses.
0: Well, he told me to do like, a, like five
2: styles of roses, and I
0: interpret that as like five different tattoo styles.
2: Nice. Yep.
0: So that's kind of like I was looking at like
2: the middle of the roses, how they're like constructed the anatomy of the flower. Mm Mm-hmm. These are pretty awesome. Like the way this bottom one almost looks like stone.
1: A little bit, yeah.
2: Pretty crazy with it, Kyle. I like that, um, like that dark purple behind the yellow rose too. It really kind of makes them come out and look like golden. Thank you.
1: Gotta have the contrast in there, right? Always, of course. Yeah.
0: But yeah, this is this has been my doing for the past two months is pages on pages of sheets
2: and occasionally cool drawings lots of lines and circles. I I feel like every time I come in, you're sitting there just doing your exercises. And it's like, I don't want to interrupt, but at the same time, I want to be nosy and see what all you're working on. Uh, I remember when I, there was a period where I was kind of like obsessed with calligraphy for a while. And I'm just like, I still have a few of them, but I have like thick notebooks where like Mm -hmm. every page is just the thing that I, uh, chose to practice with was addresses because like uh if you're practicing like say so you just have have like three or four friends addresses and you just write them over and over again it gives you a chance to practice capital letters and lowercase letters how you want your flips to like underline the rest of the word right, like right. all that fancy stuff but it it's also letters and numbers and i think mm-hmm. there are a lot of like really good like people that are proficient with lettering that might not do numbers very well because they didn't think to practice the numbers along with the alphabet where
1: right.
2: you know what whatever the thing is you know you wrote a b c d a million times but you didn't write cat dog mom you know
1: yeah it's
2: like uh partially i don't know aware. if they i don't know if they taught cursive when you were in elementary school they still didn't. you know cursive i do my cursive's pretty loose but i do know it nice But you know how it was like you just practice like the same letter over and over and you just like make the same H over and over. And um, I feel like if we could have played around more with actually making words pretty rather than like only the mechanics of the letters, like can we do the mechanic and make it pretty?
0: You got to have a little fun with it, too. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yep. So what's next on your project list for DERB? Do you have anything? You still just exercises?
0: Um, We're actually done with the exercises, he told me. And tomorrow we're doing grapefruits. What? Yeah.
2: You're actually doing them, like, with guidance, not, like, on air, like, here we go. Let's just see what happens.
0: Well, (laughs) well, most of this exercise, too, has just been, like, me at my own pace, like, not a lot of guidance because DERB's been out of town for most of it so far. So. It's always nice to like get a second and learn from him.
2: You know, it's, it's, that's one of the things that does make it so cool that when I come in, you're always over there, just kind of in your world, doing your thing. There are a lot of people that would be given the opportunity that you've been given or even like have been given. And when the suggestion is made here, try this, they don't realize that like, that was the test or that mm-hmm. was the, like, um, so it's awesome to see you actually like just nose to the grindstone. That's how you've been since I've known you though, is nose to the grindstone, always like excited to learn more. So it's really yeah. cool that now, you know, you've gone from Kyle, the apprentice hopeful to the apprentice, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that's pretty magic. It's a big step in the journey. I just b- broke my bait because I was oh, no. with it too hard.
0: But I definitely am in the heavier, the normal nose to the grindstone right now.
2: Well, but it's one of the nice things about like, just picking up your life and moving across the country is you have fewer distractions and like yeah. most of your friend group is our coworkers. So, you know, you're not going to get in, you know, in any situations that are going to like distract you from your dream. Do you know what I mean? Like, There's there's a thousand pitfalls that you could go into if you were like, I don't know, in your hometown with a whole bunch of people that like, you know, there's just more temptation to not work so hard. I guess that's what I'm getting at. To be fair, I didn't have much
0: going on in my hometown. So this was just me looking to spend time doing something productive with my life and turned into a wonderful thing that it is now.
1: It's still like
2: a, it's like you're at the very beginning of your journey. Like as long as yeah. you've been working at this, it's like it's like all the work that you've done up to like actually officially starting your apprenticeship, all of it was like working towards this goal of becoming a tattoo apprentice. And now that, you know, that goal, that dream has fallen into your lap, now the picture has gotten bigger. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's this awesome opportunity, but at the same time, this opportunity that's going to be like nothing but work for the next several months. Like it's yeah. it's gonna be work and like Derb's wonderful, but he's not gonna like give it to you for free. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's gonna like really make you work. You know, he's anybody who's learned from Derb really becomes a very good tattooer. So as hard as the work. Is going to be over the next several months, and as many things as you're going to do over and over again, and as many times as like you start showing stuff off and it gets ripped apart because you're told 10 things that was done wrong with it. Well, you already know the 90 things that were right, Right. so we don't need to talk about those. So sometimes those things can get like heavy, but at the same time, the life that you're going to have once you're finished with everything is like, I don't know, it's a dream come true for anybody. You get to do what you want every day, work on people, meet people. I don't know. Have a nice environment to
0: learn and grow from as well.
2: Yeah. It's a pretty cool privilege to be a part of like, not just like the tattoo family and tattoo community, but to actually like get up every day and you get to make a difference in somebody else's life. Like it might be something as superficial as putting like a silly sticker tattoo on somebody or a tiny dinky fine line tattoo but you get to make those connections with people and you get to do something different every single day. You know, you get to find, you get to find your own path. You know, you're not going into an office. You're not going into a factory, you know, sometimes it's grueling and it feels like that. And it feels Mm -hmm. like maybe that would be the way to go. But, you know, once you, once you get over the like, I like to call things growing pains. So once you get over the like growing pains of starting out, yeah. um, it's really gonna be a cool life for you. So I'm pretty excited. Like you're still just at the very it's like the it's like there, there's like this huge swimming pool of tattooers, right? Mm -hmm. there's like millions of tattooers now hundreds of thousands of tattooers tattooers all over the world there's this huge swimming pool of them and it's like you finally gotten the privilege to say like yeah you can go jump off the diving board but you got to wait in this line and then you got to climb that tall ladder right and it's one of those like it's all gonna happen but all these little steps like each one it's like each one of these sheets that you do is another step up that rung it's like there might be like 500,000 of those rungs, but each page that you trace, each page of exercises, each, each little task is like one more step up that rung
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it's going to be pretty cool.
0: Yeah. The thing that I always heard okay. that always stuck with me is like, be, be so good that they can't deny you. You know what I mean? That's kind of the goal that I strive for. Thank so that you. way at like, well, at least if my words don't get me far, the the quality of my work will
2: There's this funny thing that I've heard when you, when you say something like if your words don't get you somewhere, um, my buddy Clayton, who I highly respect, I was much, much younger. I was probably like 20, Mm -hmm. 21, very, very young. And, uh, he found out I was an artist and he and I became friends and we started talking and all the things. And in one of our discussions, he said that the most talented person in the room never has to tell you they're the most talented person in the room. And that's always stuck with me. Like your mouth, like if if you're really talented, if you really work hard enough, if you're really that good of a person and that good of a worker, like you don't have to tell people anything about you. It speaks for itself. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's one of those things. But, but in, in hearing that I've always kind of kept in mind when you hear that boastful person in the room, it's just like, okay, you can go ahead and keep talking. If it makes you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's because of like that little nudge early on, that's something that I always kind of like had in the back of my mind is that the most talented person in the room never has to tell you they're the most talented in the room or the mm-hmm. smartest in the room or the strongest in the room or whatever. But, but usually the person that's the best doesn't have to tell you they're the best. Their okay. work speaks for itself, their quality of character speaks for itself. And I think you're on an awesome track. And I'm really excited to to keep watching it. It's exciting to so, watch it
0: grow and blossom into what it is now. Cause it's it's gone yeah. way better than I could have expected it to.
2: Yeah. It's a lot of I mean, it's it, it, I like I like I keep saying, I've been seeing you and your hunger to learn. So it's really cool to see it. Uh, not, not to be like, to see it finally pay off. Cause like, as a, but yeah, slowly paying off, come, but like but... the
0: big, like payoff step.
2: Yeah. yeah. If it's like, uh, just a big milestone, it needs to be mm. celebrated. And I think periodically, maybe not every week. I, well, I think every week want to hear a little bit about what you're working on, but, uh, but I think every few weeks or so we should do the same thing and just see what the progress is like. Um, because like I mentioned earlier, there's all these like tattoo schools and stuff that are popping up. Mm-hmm. Um, there are tattoo schools on online tattoo schools that are teaching specifically fine line tattooing. And, you know, and that's, there, that's like there definitely something tattooers. that I looked at when I
0: was starting to is like seeing like online courses about it. It's like, well, I'm looking for information, right? That's, that seems like a place oh. to go.
2: But It's one way.
0: It's, it's a place um, to go.
1: <laughs> but, uh, but I think it'll be cool to, to actually
2: have our viewers kind of understand the process and understand what goes into like being a good tattooer. You know, you've got tattooers that like myself, I'm self-taught and I, I'll, I'm i the first one to say that if I would have had somebody like Derb to teach me, my first five years could have been my first six months in all of the things that I learned on my own. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I feel very confident in what I've learned all along the way. And I feel like I've been confident in my capabilities all along the way. And I feel like my capabilities are constantly growing, but could I have learned everything on my own the way that I did? Yeah. Like a lot of people do, but if I would have had a good mentor, that first several years of struggle could have been several months to like, me closer to where i want to be so that's why i'm
0: like so thankful for derb and even like the you know working with guy for a while too is it's like i i was looking to like if you know if i'm going to do this i want to do it correctly i want to do it good and i want to like learn from the best and i was able to get mm that
2: not everybody has those opportunities yeah um no golden it's pretty awesome to like yeah it's pretty awesome to kind of like just reflect on like gratitude of you know the the struggle and like all the things that like, when I was starting to tattoo all the lessons that like, I didn't have like a whole shop full of artists to be like, Oh, I see this thing that you did, but Hey, try this. Or here's this new trick that you should try. Or I didn't have those people around me. And I didn't have like, I mean, I had my painting teachers. I had my, you know, art teachers all along the way, but that's not the same as like, these are tried and true tricks you can Mm -hmm. try it six hard ways or five wrong ways until you figure out the best way for you. Or you can like, just listen to the, what was the easiest way for me and then go from there. Like If I would have just had somebody to like, or even sometimes, you know, somebody to like, if I were to be like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing a thing like this. And if somebody could just be like, yeah, that's a great idea. Do it just like that. Or like, no, don't do it like that. Try it this way. If, if I could have had somebody to kind of give me permission to do things, you know, when I get like, what if I shaded it like this? What if I layered it like that? If I could have right. just like bounced that idea off of somebody, I could have like experimented much more boldly instead of just like tiny little experiments and then see how confidence they're to heal. Like
0: really make that like big change in it, knowing that mm-hmm. it would work correctly. Yep.
2: Yep. Yeah. It's uh. it's a, uh, I know it's, incredibly hard and incredibly competitive to get a tattoo apprenticeship but one of the reasons is you know a lot of tattooers and mentors want to weed out people who aren't going to put their nose to the grindstone like you have and that if like if there is a hazing that is necessary I think that is it um when I had my own studio I um, I was teaching my younger brother how to tattoo and then I had, uh, another buddy who kind of started his apprenticeship and then took a job that didn't allow for both. Um, and then other than that, throughout the years, I, I had people that would come and ask me about apprenticeships and like, um, my test would be, I recommend them a book and it's drawing is on the right side of the brain, uh awesome book that I think everybody Mm -hmm. should have. Um, But that was my test. Like if you're a serious artist and you actually want to do art for a living, you've got to like want to know how to make it and like to know how to make art. You first need to know how to communicate visually with your hands and eyes. And this book does a great job of breaking it down from like the simplest forms all the way up to portraits and landscapes and like anything you could draw by looking at something and then translating it to paper and I feel like for me, that was my test because if you couldn't take something that I love so much, if you couldn't take that seriously enough to go pick up a $16 book and then actually like at least leaf through it and then mm-hmm. get back to me, I'm not going to waste my time teaching you any of the other things that I know. So like that was my little test and I can't, it, I'm, we're talking in the teens of people. Not yeah. not twenties, not thirties, but in the teens of people over the years that would come in, talk the talk, show me their drawings, show me the tattoo equipment they already had, show me the tattoos that they were already doing, mm-hmm. you know. And when I would recommend this book that would help any artist, it would I wouldn't ever hear from them again. So, so for me that was that was my very first hoop, and most people didn't go through the first hoop. And you've like gone through a lot of hoops to get where you are and you know some of those hoops were really going out on a limb um and some of them were just simply showing up yeah but each one of those you know back to like it's just another step on the rung. each time you showed up it was just another another step closer to your goal so um it's really cool to watch that happen and hopefully other people that pay attention to our show they're going to see things that we're talking about and they're going to say like oh maybe that guy wasn't telling me to go get lost the way I thought he was telling me to go get lost he was actually giving me some helpful advice or like just trying to test no you yeah you'll hear of artists like or apprenticeship hopefuls you'll hear them going into studios and showing off their work and then the people that are running the show or the artists they want to mentor them is like yeah why don't you do this this and this and come back in a few years like that's not a no
0: yeah i mean that's what you i was what told I mean? too was like go do some art classes and come back and i'd show up like every like three or four months and be like hey i'm making progress check this out
2: Mm -hmm. But how many people have you heard the story of, yeah, they said that I needed this and this and, and they give up right there, right at the, like, you were just given the most helpful piece of advice and you didn't take it seriously. Like you were given advice that was the first step and you didn't take it seriously or you didn't catch it.
0: Mm -hmm. You
2: didn't catch that that was a, like.
0: You like assumed it was someone blowing you off.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I've kind of heard feedback about that with me. She told me to go get an art book. Like that's going to teach me how to tattoo. Well, if you don't think that an art book is going to teach you how to tattoo, I can't teach you how to tattoo like I do, because I feel like I tattoo, like I paint and Mm. I can't teach you how to tattoo. Like I paint, if I can't first teach you how to draw and paint, like I do, you know what I mean? Like if I was going to teach you, I'd, I'd have to teach you to understand how I how I build things out of thin air, you know, I, I have to know teach how you my works. thought process first. Yeah. I'd have to teach you my thought process first, and then we could turn it into tattooing where like learning from Derb, it's a totally different process. Like he's, you know, He knows you've already been doing the art stuff. He knows you've already been learning how to paint. So now Derb has to teach you how to tattoo. With me, it'd be the other way around. I'd want to make sure we were on the same page with a paintbrush first. And once we're on the same page with a paintbrush, it's going to be like, okay, so remember that thing I showed you how to do with this and this? Okay, so we're going to do it with a nine mag now. That's, for me, that's the most reasonable way to teach somebody is... If I can show you how to do it on paper, then we can easily translate it to skin, but it doesn't work well the other way around for me. So, right. but, but, anyways, so we've been talking for like an hour already. We could keep talking if you have any more exciting things you want to share, or we could wrap up or.
0: I do not have anything else exciting because that has just been my life is working away.
2: Great. Good. That's a uh, you know. That's how it starts. It's kind of yeah. like uh, Gil Monty posted a video. I don't know if it was yesterday or today, but I watched it today, and it was one of those videos where he was. It was a pretty encouraging video, but it was like, if you want a tattoo, it's going to consume your life. This isn't a nine to five job. This is a like when you wake up, you're instantly answering to people when you get to work you're answering to people you're dealing with people and when you get home you're creating art and you're doing creative things for the next day's work so it's one of those like you might be at the shop for 40 hours if you're lucky but you're probably at the shop for 60 hours a week and then you have another 30 hours of work on top of that just communicating with people and we haven't even gotten to social media that's like a whole nother 30 hours see that's the part i've been neglecting over the
0: past two months now too but i'm like stockpiling videos and whatnot to like post up
2: i realized on my instagram i looked the other day and i was like oh man i haven't posted a video in that long let's see when was it
0: i was struggling a lot like just doing all those paintings because it's like man i'm not like pumping out enough paintings to be posting them I don't have a backlog of paintings to post. Everything I've done is on my page already. Uh
2: the last thing I posted was on June
1: 23rd. And before that was June 7th.
2: Yeah, I you know my inbox is full enough.
1: Fair.
2: I feel like I feel like when I post a lot more, I get a lot more tire kickers. Like I get attention, but it's not necessarily attention that it's, it's more like distracting attention is what it is. You know what I mean? Like you've seen me when I'm nerding out on Instagram, I'm I'm on like, I have a lot of ridiculous memes and reels that I watch, but like there's a ton of science pages and there's a lot of things that I'm like really into, but like, I don't know. I feel like if I post regularly, then I just get, like I said, I get distracting attention. I get attention from people that are never going to get tattooed by me. They just want to talk about tattoos or an idea right. that is not this way. In like my the way you house, have it now, or... it's like
0: people like who actually like know what they want and want. You know, you like your expertise. They they sought yeah. you out for it, so it's a lot of, like a lot less to sift through in terms of like yeah things that'll never happen.
2: You know, it's funny. I say that I never post on Instagram, but how many videos a week do we put out? At least two now, if I don't put True. anything else out. So I guess I guess that's my online presence. Instead of being on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok, I'm on we do this. the Reinventing Network. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like I get a lot more out of this than I do making posts and stuff on Instagram. Like the time that I put into making these videos, I could make like what three or four or five reels between a few hours. Yeah. And that time, I don't know. I feel like I'd much rather sit here and talk about things that may or may not benefit somebody else in like a helpful way. I've like,
0: definitely learned a lot. Just like sitting here on the side for a year.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, you've been sitting on the side to do a lot of stuff for a while, so True. soaking it all up. But, all right. Well, I think we should go ahead and wrap up and keep this week's episode short and sweet. Call it the Kyle episode. Kyle right. and fine line. Or fine line and Kyle.
0: Mostly fine line. A little Kyle.
2: <laughs> Kyle's the more important thing sometimes. Okay. But... All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up. Thank you everybody for tuning in and yeah, listening to our shenanigans us. for another week. Um, you can catch me uh let's see, we got our Instagrams. You can reach out to us on uh the Tattoo Collecting 101 Instagram page. That's probably like the most direct way to reach out to me, Kyle, or Ben. Like all three of us can see mm-hmm. that and share that. Um Yeah. Tune in Monday to the Tattoo Weekly if you want to see some serious stuff. Tune in with us if you want to see a little bit sillier stuff, but it's all about learning and spreading knowledge and embracing our community. So,
1: yeah.
2: All right, Kyle, sign us
1: off. All right. Thanks for joining us, everyone.